Kristen Shorten here. Even though Zach Rolf's murder trial has ended, we're dropping back into your feed today to bring you some very special bonus content. An in-depth interview I conducted with Rolf in December 2019, a few weeks after he fatally shot Kumanjai Walker and was swiftly charged with his murder. This raw and candid interview was filmed in the backyard of his parents' home in Canberra for a documentary I made, but which, for legal reasons, we couldn't publish until the trial was over. That documentary, titled Yundamu, is now available to watch at The Australian. What you're about to hear, though, in this four-part podcast series is Rolf's version of events about what happened before, on and after that fateful and fatal immediate response team deployment. We hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation, which was recorded at a time when emotions were high and those dramatic events of November 2019 were still very fresh in Rolf's mind. This is part one of Zach Rolf's story. My name is Zach Rolf. I'm 28 years old. I am a Northern Territory police officer and I was born in Canberra and grew up here. I have two brothers. They're um, twins. They're two years older than me, so they're 30. Um, one lives in Canberra, one lives in Melbourne. My mum and dad, mum's Debbie Rolf, she's a lawyer in Canberra. And my dad, Richard Rolf, he's a car dealer in Canberra. When did you join the NT Police Act? I joined the police in 2016. What did you do prior to 2016? Um, I finished school in 2009, finished year 12, and then in um, 2010 I joined the Army. I joined the Infantry and moved to Townsville at one area, and I spent five years there with a deployment to Afghan in 2014-2015. Um, I got out of the Army in 2015, moved back to Canberra for about 10 months until police school started. Had you always wanted to ultimately or eventually join the police after your military career? Yeah, I definitely did. The plan was always to go military and then end up in the police. That was my plan. And what were your career goals within the police force? Um, I think in shorter term goals, it'll be to end up in a tactical unit. I've already passed selection for tactical response group up in Darwin. So that'll be the, um, the short term goal to get up there. But long term, I'm not sure. Long term, I... The, plan is to stay with the cops. Had you been to the NT before joining the NT police? No, I'd never been to the NT um, before joining. And what was your impression of the NT when you moved up there? It's a bit different. Darwin, obviously police school's in Darwin. Um, Darwin's very similar to Townsville, I found. A bit of the same vibe and stuff like that. But moving down to Alice, Alice Springs was fairly eye-opening, different world. I hadn't been into an area like Alice Springs before. When did you graduate from the police academy? Would have been the start of or December 2016. And what award did you receive upon graduation? Um, I received the award for ducks of the academy, so the academic award. And was that reaffirming for you as to your decision to join the NT police to be recognised like that? Yeah, I think it was good. Um, probably not used to being awarded for my academic skills, but... Yeah, it was, it was nice. Did you have to work hard? I imagine you would have had to study a lot. And yeah, I studied fairly hard in, um, up in Darwin for those six or seven months and got into a good routine of that. So, yeah. So, where were you posted upon graduation? Posted straight down to Alice Springs in December of 2016. And had Alice been your first preference and why, why was that? Yeah, so Alice was my first preference for a posting. I've heard that it was the... Um, busiest station 
in the Northern Territory. And I kind of wanted to get into the deep end and uh, I guess learn my craft down there where it was the busiest and the, I guess by the sounds of it, it was the most volatile. That's been that for me. So yeah, I'm happy with down there. How different is the culture in a town like Alice compared to where, where you're from and where you'd lived previously with the military? Oh, they're different worlds. To be honest, when I, the first couple of weeks in Alice, I, I felt more comfortable in Kabul and Afghanistan than I did in Alice. Um, completely different now, I'm used to it, but it was a yeah, different world than, where, than Canberra where I've grown up. Talk about policing in Alice. What was that like? Policing in Alice is very busy. Especially when I first moved down there before they had the um, police auxiliary liquor inspectors. Um, we would go in a 10-hour shift. I think the um, most jobs, most like say domestic violence jobs we'd attend to in one shift is over 20 in that 10-hour um, shift with most of them having to be updated. So it was extremely busy. Um, mostly domestic violence, alcohol-related violence. Um, it was unlikely you'd have a quiet shift. And it's still similar now. The Parleys have done amazing work for slowing it down, but it's still, still the same. Police, auxiliary, liquor inspectors, the bottle shop cops. Was NT policing what you expected? I think it was fairly what I expected once I got my head around it. Um, and I love the work. I do love it. Love the station and the boys and girls on the ground. But yeah, I think it was... Fairly much what I expected. How long had you been policing in Alice prior to this incident? Uh, three years. So a couple of weeks under three years. During your first week on the job as a probationary constable, you were involved in another incident which attracted a lot of media attention. What happened? Tell me about that. There was a flooded causeway about half an hour out of Alice Springs and a couple of tourists tried to drive through it. Their car ended up getting washed down about 250 metres. Um, and the man in the car climbed a tree where the car sunk and the woman got sent down about 5Ks down the river. Um, and we were just involved. I swam down, assisted the man get to the edge of the river and then I swam down and walked down the 5Ks, found the girl, um, was able to swim her back across the river on my back and then walked back up to the, to the rest of the police. What awards did you receive after that incident? Um, I was awarded a Australian National Bravery Medal and Hong Kong even recognised me with their Bravery Medal um, because the girl was a Hong Kong citizen, um, which was a bit of a shock, but I got that. I got the Royal Humane Society Gold Clark Medal and a um, Royal Lifesaving Cross of Bravery. What was that like? It's your first week on the job. You're straight out of college or the police academy what was it like to be involved in something like that where your bravery was recognized i think it was good less so for the recognition but more so for just getting into the police force and being able to help someone for real so soon to coming down because that's why you join up you join up to help people and you don't always get to help people properly that's the real jobs are few and far between sometimes but that was mainly for that more so than the recognition it was good to actually do some good and what was the response like from your colleagues and from the, your superiors? The colleagues on the ground. The ground floor is amazing. It always has been. I think it always will be. So that's the general duties guys, the detectives. There's all pats on the back. 
it was a good welcome to the station that way. I knew when stuff actually be, needed to be done, I could step up. And it was a good welcome to the police station. The brass were not too happy. Um, there were a few mediation meetings due to risk management, um, mainly that risk management. Uh, they didn't like the fact that a probationary police officer took some charge as well on the ground, but it was just talk. It was just meetings. Describe the, your roster or the sort of hours that you work in Alice Springs and how long are your shifts? We normally, our average shift is 10 hours. We have uh, day shift, evening shift and night shift. So days will start at 7am and generally go to 5pm. Evening shifts start at 3pm and go to generally 1am. And night shifts, they'll start at, generally start at 9pm and go to 7am. Generally, we nearly every shift we'll do overtime writing up reports, um, even if it's just for an hour or two. So we do do often overtime. It's rare that you finish on time. What sort of offences are you primarily responding to? Uh, generally, we're generally the, the domestic violence offences, alcohol-related offences, and property offences. That's the break-ins, unlawful entries, but mostly alcohol-related violence. And domestic violence. Are you mainly dealing with the Indigenous population or what? Most, most of our jobs are with the Indigenous community. What effect does that have on you? Do you think you become um, prejudiced as a result or does it um, make you um, yeah, less sympathetic to Indigenous issues? No, I definitely I don't think we become prejudiced or anything like that. I think we realise that it's there. We police on behaviour. We don't police for any other reasons. Now, how does your experience working in Alice impact on you personally, your perception and attitudes towards the Indigenous population over the last three years? I know it may be hard to believe. I don't, I don't care what race anyone is. Um, I never have and never will and it, race will never affect how I police or my perception, regardless of how many jobs we attend. Yeah, I don't, I, again, I care about people's behaviour, not their race. What do you enjoy about working in Alice? Um, I do love how busy it is. I love responding to jobs and I love working with the crews on the ground. Our station, the general duties, boys and girls, are amazing to work with. What are some of the challenges that you face as a police officer there that you might not face in um, metropolitan areas? There is a high level. There's a high level of violence and also there's a probably a longer time between backup if you need it. But everyone, everyone works well to sort that out. There is a high level of violence, a lot of assaults against police, probably more than other areas. Have you been assaulted on the job? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think most police in Alice Springs have been assaulted. How often do you get called out to remote communities or camps outside of the Alice Township? Um, I'm a member of the immediate response team, which is a semi-tactical group in Alice Springs, which is um, used for high-risk jobs and high-priority arrest targets. We get used every few weeks to go to a um, remote community further out, say Docker River, eight hours away, or Borolula, which is a flight away. Um, so, yeah, once a month we might get called out to a further remote community. And what's it like attending jobs in those remote communities? Um, it's fine for us, but I can definitely see how policing there would have to be different. You have to, you can't police the same as you can in town. It's a very small community. The whole community knows you. You are vulnerable and you are cut off from backup from hours. So you have to police a bit differently when you're out there. And what's it like for the incident response team going out there? What sort of numbers do you need to go out there? What precautions do you need to take? 
Depends on the job, but generally we'll go with a minimum group of four, a team of four. Um, sometimes there'll be more, depends how long we're going to be there, but generally it's a minimum team of four. We, we have a bit better kit. We generally take the um, rifles out if we need them, um, beanbag shotguns, which are less lethal. That's our general MO. And obviously the community finds it confronting when the IIT comes in with rifles and things like that, but explain why those weapons are necessary on those particular well, missions. Definitely, especially when we go to high-risk arrest targets who have shown a propensity for violence. There are a lot of rifles out in community. Communities are they're very open, there's a lot of space. Um, it's not like the, the CBD, I guess. Where out in the communities, there's just a higher risk for a long-range incident to occur because it's so, it's so open. So we take the rifles out, not on all jobs, but sometimes we take them out there because there is that risk that someone will take a pot shot, us, pot shot at us from out there. Um, and again, the communities aren't too aware of the beanbag shotgun, so we try to show them that it, we give them demonstrations, show them what it is, show them that it's non-lethal, but show them, let them understand why we carry it. When you say there's a lot of rifles out there, do you mean um, that the people in the community have rifles or the police have a lot of rifles no, the, out there? Yeah, the people in the community, there are a lot of community members with firearms licenses, with rifles for hunting, and that does obviously pose a risk when you're so, when you're out in the bush, when you're remote, and you have people who are willing to assault police in a, like I guess, a small vicinity of all those rifles, so there is always that risk. You're taking rifles and those sorts of weapons out there for your own safety and protection? Yeah, definitely just for our own safety, for the safety of the community members that may be at risk from the offenders that we're trying to arrest. In mid-2018, you completed TRG selection. Um, what is TRG for people from other states who don't know? The tactical response group is our the territory's tactical team. They um, obviously are high skilled. They're a team of operators who are... They have a number of specialist skills, counter-terrorism, search and rescue, response, they respond to the highest risk jobs. So yeah, they're, they're based in Darwin. So that was August 2018, when I did selection for them. It's a week and a half selection course. Um, I think that's just the goal, the short-term goal while I am young, while I'm fit, um, before I get too sore, I wanna be in there with them, those guys doing the highest risk jobs. So I applied to TRG because I wanna be I want to be one of the boys in that team. I want to do the jobs that they do. And I guess I want to be at the pinnacle of where you can be um, in the job. I have a military background. I was in infantry. I was recon in the infantry. So I've always been interested in that side of things. And I completed selection in August 2018. Thanks for joining us for part one of this special series. Don't forget to watch Sakharov's story exclusively at theaustralian.com.au forward slash Yundamu. Subscribers to The Australian can also access all of my recently published investigative reporting on this case, which includes extensive detail the jury didn't hear during Rolf's highly publicised murder trial. We'll be back tomorrow with part two of this special series. If you're enjoying this interview so far, please share this episode and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. News 
doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.